Welcome to the Off Trail Podcast. I'm Constantine. And I'm Magpie. And this is a show about light outdoors. Come take a step with us into what it takes to be a hiker, backpacker, rock climber, cyclist, or any other type of outdoor adventure. Let's get to stepping. All right, welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine, and we have a returning guest. Really stoked to chat with them again. So we have the privilege of speaking with the one and only Cal. So Cal, thanks for joining again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious. Um, are do you still use the trail name Starburst? I almost introduced you as Starburst, but then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that is still my trail name, but I. Exactly, call what I'm doing now a trail. I guess you could. <laughs> I, I want to get into that, but again, just my own curiosity here. Speaking, is the name Starburst is the is it being used frequently with your running crew? Is it being used like with the people you're sharing the miles with, or is it more going towards the cow name? Um, it's definitely Cal, but my, uh, two support crew members, like, on the ground doing the run with me are both through hikers, mm-hmm. um, so sometimes, you know, we call each other by our names, but then whenever we interact with other trail people, it's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Slip back into the through hiker mentality. Exactly. So, yeah, last time we chatted, too, we said this a little bit briefly before hopping on, but... You completed the calendar, not calendar, excuse me, the triple crown of hiking and was the first trans person to complete that? Yes, first known trans person to complete the triple crown, which we know are the three premier national scenic trails. So again, I wanted to say it on here as well, just massive congratulations. That's an awesome achievement. Thank you so much. Yeah, so what I'm super stoked to chat about is everything well, I guess it's going to be a running podcast at this point, but everything running. <laughs> so it, my usual question to start the show is that, who are you? And I guess you can go through that briefly, um, but people can also listen to the previous show. But I'm more curious about just like where you are now. So I guess with that, what I'm asking is briefly kind of maybe touch on who you are as well as where you find yourself now in like your journey and what this journey is. Absolutely. Yes. Well, for anyone who has listened to the the other episode, I wear many hats. Um, Probably a lot of your audience know me as a backpacker, um, but I'm also a runner. Uh, I was a runner before I was a backpacker, and it was kind of my endurance running that brought me into backpacking because I was like, wait a second, you mean there's a group of people who just like walks all day every day I mean moving constantly all like from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed that's my dream so I was like yeah sign me up and that's how I got into through hiking um, but I was a distance runner and an ultra marathoner before that I was a collegiate athlete um, so this very much feels sort of like a return home to me um, so after I finished my triple crown last year um, you know outside of the outdoor world I'm a teacher and a coach and I had to reconcile with myself you know this is sort of the last chance I'm gonna have with my internal deadlines to like do a really big endurance project so is there anything that I wouldn't be able to do well you know before I go back to teaching I guess I should do it now the last thing that I hadn't the last sort of dream left unfulfilled was to run across America and interestingly enough that was actually my first big dream as a kid I don't know 
what screws got knocked loose. I don't know what child <laughs> dreams about running across the country. But in middle school, I had this dream where I was like, I'm going to run across America one day. Um, so it's really special now as an adult to be able to fulfill this childhood dream. I feel like it's it's kind of rare as adults that we get to fulfill a childhood dream. Um, but just like with, you know, transitioning from backpacking back into running feels like coming like a homecoming for me. Um, this run is a big homecoming in a lot of ways, not just, you know, in the way of honoring that childhood dream, but in the way of honoring my childhood self who around the same time in middle school was when I really developed a consciousness around my gender identity. Um, I often use like masculine language to describe myself. I, I had this memory come up recently where I remembered like, I always told my parents I wanted to be a dad when I grew up, which is like just not something a little girl says. Um, you know, I found, and right before I started this run, I found an essay that I wrote in middle school, which was sort of like my persuasive three paragraphs for why being a boy is better than being a girl, which is just also not <laughs> something little girls are thinking about. Um, so this, so right now, you know, running across America um, is very much sort of a, a journey to the self, which I think a lot of backpackers can also understand that um, sort of like returning to your core self, honoring that younger kid who, you know, knew that he was a boy and wanted to run across America. Um, what I didn't know at the time that I had that dream is that this would be for something so much bigger than myself, which mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> I, I love how you stated that it's a homecoming that it just kind of encompasses the entire feeling of what you're doing out there. I mean, you put it very, very well. I'm curious with the homecoming because you you drew parallels to through hiking and like movement all day. You're returning to a sport that you pursued when you were younger. You pursued through your life, transitioned into backpacking, and then came back to running. Is the uh, is the I guess feelings of the homecoming the same, different from through hiking? Like I, I guess I want to unpack more that feeling of homecoming to this sport and the kind of realities of. A long distance endeavor of running compared to backpacking yes yes oh that's such an interesting question i mean it's such a deeply personal question like each person's experience with that feeling mm -hmm. and what i mean that just gets to like what feels like home and i think for me as a very like active hyperactive child like movement is where i felt my freedom, that's where I embodied my strength. And that is really, that has always been inextricably linked to my experience as a trans person. You know, so much of the anti now is sort of putting restrictions on trans people's corporeal forms, like our physical bodies with restrictions in, you know, sports bans, um, access to gender affirming healthcare, all that stuff. And so to be a trans person, in sports so loudly and proudly moving my body in a, like all day every day that is what freedom feels like to me that is what you know strength and power that's sort of that's how I inhabit my masculinity and that as a trans masculine person and that's always been true even before the language I had as a kid to describe that mm -hmm. um and I think that that's so yeah running has always been that home for me like a home for my spirit a home for my transness um and when i started backpacking 
I found that, you know, less in the sport or activity of backpacking and more so in the way that I was able to connect with nature. Mm -hmm. That's a huge distinction between doing an endurance project like this run versus doing a big through hike is that I'm mostly on roads and highways for the run, but backpacking, I spent the whole time in the woods on the trail, which is a much more intimate sort of connection with nature. And I think that something I've heard a lot of trans people in the outdoors share, but also a lot of people from all walks of life that, you know, can relate to this, um, which is that we love to be in nature because there's no judgment in nature. There's no prejudice in nature. There are no mirrors, you know, reflecting back to us who we should be in society. There's no people projecting their opinions onto us. Um, and I think a lot of people have that experience of freedom and connection to the self and connection to like a natural community that feels like very organic and nourishing to the soul. Um, and I do miss that about backpacking because I am very much just sort of like on these two-lane highways. Um, but I feel that out here too, you know, something you hear a lot about the desert is like, or just, you know, natural spaces. It's like, that's God's country. And that is really how I feel about here. Uh, you know, the places I'm running through, it's just like these beautiful desert scapes and, you know, canyons and just this gorgeous land, even being on the road. Um, and the fact that like, I don't know, I think it's very salient that like, you really do feel like a presence of a higher power in mm -hmm. these places that a lot of backpackers feel. And I think that that just really speaks to how just antithetical anti-trans rhetoric is to all of this. Like you can't, you can't uphold you can't say that trans people are not normal and natural and not also like children of God, if you want to call it, and then sort of be in these outdoor places that just do not give a shit about who you are, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that like all of the trans people I've met on this journey so far just are really reflected in the diversity of the land. And we have a lot to learn from nature in the way of, loving each other, building community, accepting each other for exactly who we are. And that's a theme that's been true in all my hikes and this run. I love it. And I, I want to get deeper into the cause. But before we get into the cause itself, I, I'm more, I'm really curious about the reality of this run. So mm -hmm. like, like you said, with backpacking, you're not doing a as a high intensity as a consuming run, like you're walking more slowly, you're ba being able to like, feel and appreciate those moments. And you said you're also feeling and appreciating those moments, but this may just be lack of experience on my part asking this, but when you're running at a higher intensity, does it change the, I guess, perception of the movement for you? Does it change the kind of what you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing along this, along this run? That's a great question. It is a very different um, experience and feeling in my body because I feel like you know, 80% of the time that I'm hiking, I'm just like very consciously trying not to trip or roll my <laughs> ankle on some like rocks or something. Yeah. Um, whereas here on the road, I mean, I am on these truly infinite two lane highways and it is so rural. There's nobody out there. Mm -hmm. And I just get to turn off my brain. I get to get in the zone, you know, once you achieve, you know, a certain level of like fitness with running and it feels 
effortless at the pace that I'm going, I can just, it's like a meditation for Mm me. Um, And I guess, you know, some people might label something like that as like a runner's high. And I never got like a backpacking high, I guess, but I get a lot of runner's highs out here. (laughs) I get to like listen to my music, whereas, you know, and kind of turn my brain off and just be really present in my body in a way that I don't get to do one in backpacking because I am making more of a conscious effort to like not get lost. And mm-hmm. it's like, Oh my gosh, wait, where's the turn? Like, okay, we're going up a hill. I'm like breathing really heavy now. I don't want to trip, you know, for me anyway, it's a, I backpacking is a more conscious engagement, which is a different kind of presence in my body. But as I mentioned before, I mean, running has always felt like I'm strong. I'm free. I'm like, and I, have an aptitude for it which also helps um but it feels very effortless for me whereas backpacking did not usually <laughs> feel effortless well i mean i i asked that question because hikers in a way experience roads in many varieties and i i can't run 10 feet let alone thousands of miles but like the <laughs> the freedom of thought along a road is is really a gift like granted you may have heavy more heavily trafficked areas granted you may not be out in like the calmness of the woods but when you're on a road and just putting one foot in front of the other like you said you have the ability to just like let your mind go into many realms of freedom you're not having to put any energy or thought subconsciously even into not tripping on that rock or not tripping on that route so I, i i guess i'm not asking a question here but i guess with that is my question to you is on these roads is there a piece of yourself that you have unlocked that you haven't unlocked prior on a hike? Is there a piece of yourself that you found mm. that you may have not found before along your journey of life, just with the flat, never-ending roads that you just have to dive deep into yourself? So, like, <laughs> yeah, is there is there a piece of yourself that you're yes. learning more about? Yes. Oh, I so appreciate this question. Just just coming and swinging so early in the interview. <laughs> um, well, one big distinction is I think a lot of people experience backpacking and through hiking as a it's a very social experience Mm -hmm. this is the most solitude I've had in a long time and I'll be real with you when I am alone backpacking in the woods I actually still get kind of nervous it doesn't feel calm to me and that's probably because I didn't grow up with the woods you know I grew up in a city um but So I still feel on high alert sometimes Mm -hmm. when I'm alone in the woods. And that feeling of loneliness is a lot more salient. Um, And I think it's partly attributed to like, you know, you have the pack on your back. You're like following a map and a trail and, you know, all these different variables. So I feel very, um, yeah, kind of on high alert. Whereas when I'm running, I've done it since I was a kid. It's what my body wants to do. It's just like my natural state. I feel strong. I feel confident. Like I know that I'm good at it. And it's something that I've always been able it. Yeah. Like it's always given me access to that freedom. And it's also given me access to, it's like my favorite way to spend time with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge theme of this run so far. I've been out here. um, We're in the second month. So I've been out here a, a little over a month so far and spending this very intentional time all by myself, just alone in my own head, in my own body, really does, really has allowed me to unlock um, a new kind of connection with myself that I've always gotten through running, but kind of lost in the past three years of 
through hiking. Um, so it feels very much, as I mentioned, like a return to the self, like running is my favorite way to spend time with my adult self. And it's also my favorite way to spend time with my inner child. You know, we all have an inner child and we don't often get to just sort of play. But when I was a kid, I was always running. So the fact that I get to do that professionally as an adult now is truly a dream come true. Like, I feel so lucky. Every, every single day I wake up and I'm excited to run and people are like, oh, you're going to get so sick of it running all day every day on these like nothing roads through West Texas. I'm like, you don't understand. I love this. I didn't say it. I never get tired of running I always want to run it's like I don't know it's just it's crazy because a lot of people are like oh, I hate running and it's like you know in high school we had uh, our team had these shirts that said our sport is your sports punishment <laughs> that's usually true um, but just something about it it's like it is when I feel most alive mm -hmm. and it is truly those like deeply spiritual moments where you're like okay, this is what it feels like to be truly alive, to be fully present. This is what I was put here to do. This is how I'm meant to be. And I'm just, yeah, I'm free. Like, that's what freedom feels like. And I, and I hope that everyone has something like that in their lives that gives them access to that feeling because it's a really special and spiritual experience. I love it. And you pinpointed a word in there, the word connection, that I chew through personally a lot in my life and I mentioned quite frequently on this show and I love that you pinpointed that word because they're contrasting words like connection and solitude of running a road being by yourself but like experiencing that solitude gives you deeper levels of connection with as you said yourself but like when you get deeper levels of connection with yourself you ultimately can bring that into deeper level of connections with togetherness with connection with others with connections with the land and like everything around you so I really like yes. that you put that word in there because that's a word that I talk about constantly and people are probably sick and tired of me hearing about it but like <laughs> the fact that you found that and know that and realize that it's like it's one of the most transformational pieces of just I guess learned or found knowledge along either a hike or run whatever it may be and like harnessing that power of it it's just, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's an incredible power to harness. Yes, yes. I so appreciate you saying this, especially the point that like our, the quality of our connections with others are only as good as our connection to ourself. And I, you know, that whole phrase, like you have to love yourself before you learn to love other people. I think <laughs> there's some nuance in that. Yeah. I don't fully agree, but I, I have found that to be true. Um, you know, in general, that like, my relationship with myself is reflected in the way that I treat others, the way I show up in the world, be it, you know, my insecurities, or, you know, um, my dynamics and my relationships, my perception of things. And so I've, I really am so grateful for the invitation of this run to Yes, think about those things and think about my relationship with myself. But I think oftentimes, I mean, we can think ourselves in and in or out of just about anything. <laughs> yep. And so I think, you know, the goal for me with running is like pushing my body so hard that I don't have, it strips away all of 
the thinking and you get to the real raw feeling and that's the good stuff and that's a place that nobody really wants to go i mean um you know anyone who's a who's an ultra runner nerd knows courtney dewalter and how she talks about the pain cave Mm -hmm. that's the pain cave it's like you've stripped your um you've stripped away what you project to the world and you're left with the core soft soupy part of your soul (laughs) and that's you and what is there when nothing else is left and you know that's a place a lot of people are afraid to go um but i think that that is sort of the beginning of greatness as an athlete you know i mean if you want to get if you want to go the inspirational sports direction i i heard uh in high school this has stuck with me that like you know, Muhammad Ali did not start counting his reps when he was, like, weight training and stuff until he thought he couldn't do anymore. It's like, he'd be doing pull-ups, and he didn't even start counting until he really wanted to quit, because those are the numbers that count. And, you know, yeah, and I'm not out here, like, sprinting across the country and, like, pushing myself every day, but definitely especially, you know, I see this as deeply tied to my identity as a trans person where it's like, you know, doing a run like this, doing a through hike, being in nature, it strips away all of the projections, like what you have available to you to project into the world is limited when you're in the middle of the woods, you know, it's just you and what's on your back and you're really forced to reconcile with yourself. I love it. And And that is, that is going to impact the way that you show up in the world. So just like real quick, my career as a through hiker helped me become my truest self, which I understand is as a trans person. And that informs everything about how I show up in the world and my ability to love myself directly informs my capacity to love other people. I love it. I love that we also spent 20 minutes going down spiritual tangents instead of talking about yes. the actual run. I love it. I could do this all day. I could too. And I don't but, have anyone to talk to about this out here. So this is a gift, truly. Uh, I, I love chatting with you too. But I, I guess for people listening, because we, we go, go deep into the mentality of it, but I guess I want to build a picture of the structure of it. And I want to talk about yes. the trans identity that you found find yourself in your entire life and the growth of that. So I guess yeah. where I'm going with this is, can we start at defining this route you're on, defining this goal that you found to express yourself more, kind of share this knowledge, awareness of the trans community? So can, can we define like, yeah, what this route is and what this goal is that you're that you're currently on? Yes, absolutely. So I am running from the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic, um, from California, from Los Angeles to Tallahassee, and then I'll eventually touch the ocean, across the American South. So that's California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida. And I believe I'm the first person to take that route across, to run across America. Very few people have run across America, and I don't think anyone has taken this specific route, at least in my extensive research. And that was intentional. And, you know, especially as a trans person, I am running through the most vehemently anti-trans states. Like, the states I'm running through are the battleground states for this national anti-trans legislation, despite there being over 400 bills introduced across 44 out of 50 states, the states I'm running through are 
kind of the battlegrounds for a lot of this legislation. Two days ago, I crossed the border into Texas. Texas has more anti-trans bills on the docket in the state legislature than any other state with a whopping 61 explicitly anti-trans bills. So this kind of onslaught is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And this you know, it's kind of impeccable timing for the run because we understand that a lot of this legislation specifically targets trans people in sports and access to gender affirming health care. And those are two deeply personal topics for me as a trans athlete who requires access to gender affirming health care. Um, not one month before I embarked on this transcontinental run, which I like to say emphasis on the trans in transcontinental. I've seen those um, social media posts. They're really cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I had gender affirming top surgery a month before I started running. And so, and part of, you know, I, I had wanted top surgery for a long time, but I also knew that I wanted to show up for this run as my authentic self and you know part of what we've been talking about about our relationship with ourself is that like being trans for me is a lot about creating a home in my body in my spirit that i want to live in mm -hmm. and so oftentimes you know a, a common experience of a lot of trans people is like wanting the outside to reflect who we are on the inside and so that's what gender affirming top surgery was for me um i also just recently started hormone replacement therapy which is injections of testosterone for me um, as a trans masculine person that's extremely important you know for affirming my gender identity and i'm running through a lot of states that are trying to ban access to hormone replacement therapy, ban access to gender-affirming surgeries and gender-affirming care, trying to ban trans people, especially trans kids, from being able to play sports. And sports is all I did growing up as a kid. Those are my favorite moments in my entire life. So I wanted to be intentional about the places I'm running through and stop along the way to you know, raise funds and build community for the grassroots organizations that are doing the most in these places to protect and support the trans people who live there. So as a part of this run, I am stopping in a lot of towns and cities and doing um, events, doing community runs and doing fundraisers for the local groups. And I'm also producing with my team a feature length documentary that centers the narratives of trans Joy that I'm encountering along the way and uplifts these trans narratives uh, or these narratives of trans people in sports because I feel so strongly that in a time that is where you know the conversation around trans people um, is centered around fear and ignorance and hatred the antidote to that is joy and love and connection coming back to this word connection this mm -hmm. for as much as i'm alone on this run i really do want this to be about community building and connecting with people across the country that are impacted by this so when you're going through these battleground states as you said and this may be a difficult question to unpack but mm -hmm. when you're going through these states that are as you as you mentioned vehemently putting these bills into place or putting these on the docket and you're trying to spread awareness, What what is the reality of the situation? Because I've talked about this again on other shows and this is a different circumstance, of course, but 
when you're a through hiker, when you're a runner, when you're somebody out in the middle of nowhere, it becomes about safety at points and you still want to spread that awareness, mm-hmm. but like you have to read the situation as is. And forgive me because I don't want to focus on anything negative here, but I'm, I'm just curious oh, about no, the, it's important. Yeah. I'm just curious about the reality of a situation of especially, yeah, Texas going into Texas into a small town mm-hmm. and trying to have these events and these events that spread awareness that these states need. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm asking with that question is like the realities of what you've experienced so far on the run. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely, you know, I consider myself a guest in all of the places that I visit. And I am building a platform for trans joy with this run. And I see my job as showing up in these spaces and offering myself to be of service. So I come with questions instead of demands Mm -hmm. just as you know anyone might and I say what do you need how can I support what you're already doing Um, because a lot of the people the trans and queer community in the places I'm visiting they have to reconcile with this kind of danger every day Mm -hmm. I get to take a couple days run through you know shake hands kiss babies and then I'm off (laughs) these people have to live here you know and so I'm always showing up and asking, how can I be of service? Um, I'm not, I think a lot of my safety and I've thought very, um, you know, long and hard about this because you do have to be very careful and safety is a concern. Um, You know, what are my intentions? I am not here to change anyone's mind. I'm not here to be inflammatory. I am here to spread joy, spread love, and build community mm-hmm. and my personal umbrella for who I consider community and family, that umbrella is big enough to include everyone, mm-hmm. everyone. And I think that that's really what this is about. A lot of people, you know, they say like, Oh, you know, trans people, it's a political issue. It's an ideological issue. I don't think it is. I think it fundamentally is about values. And if we look at our values, we'll actually find that we have a lot more in common than we do differently. A lot of the anti-trans legislation, specifically in the Southern states, is being waged with the rhetoric of child abuse, that gender affirming care is child abuse because we care about our kids, we're trying to protect them. Child abuse is state-sanctioned bullying of trans people. Let kids be kids, let kids play. Preventing them from just existing, that's child abuse. So you'll find I also care about kids. I'm here to protect kids. I want them to be free to be themselves and let them tell us who they are instead of us telling them. You know, if anybody thinks about what it was like to be a high schooler, you can we can remember as adults that it's terrible. It's so scary. Like we care a lot about what people think of us. We're figuring out who we are. Can you imagine not just being bullied by Jimmy in the locker room, but being bullied by your state legislature. I mean, that is insane. So, you know, if you care about family, if you care about protecting kids, if you care about equity in sports, so do we. That's exactly what we care about. We all have the same values of love and connection and community. It's just about expanding who does that umbrella of who we consider family and community include. So it, this run is really just about making that umbrella bigger mm-hmm. to include all of us. And so, you know, I do, I think it's really just about letting the people who live in these places take the lead and listening more than I talk 
you know, listening to what are people's concerns? What are people's fears? And I think that when we do that, we find that, yeah, we have a lot more in common than we have different. So forgive me if I'm focusing on the route too much here again, but it, oh, no, it's, it's, fine. it's just where my mind's going is like when, when you built this route, you built this route to specifically go through these battleground states mm-hmm. and then, but you also had to ch- choose like where the each day would lead you, where each day would put you back into the ruralness of a road, whatever have you. So when you built this route, were you specifically pinpointing towns that you wanted to see that change in? Were the towns something yeah. that is found along the way? Or were you like building to say, hey, I don't know. I actually don't know a town in Texas. <laughs> but um, yeah. you could say, hey, this town really has bad rhetoric, bad thought, not bad, but like it has mm-hmm. n- not great thought on an issue needs that needs work. that needs yeah <laughs> that needs awareness. So were you yeah. specifically picking these towns like when you were creating the route? Well, I would say that about half of it is that my route is at the same latitude of my front door in California, in Southern <laughs> California. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just gonna run due east, and I'm gonna hit on as many places as I can along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the route was also based on where is there a demonstrated need? You know, mm-hmm. I put feelers out for you know, you know, contacting organizations. I told them who I am, what I'm trying to do, and I asked if they would want me to come visit and help uplift their efforts and there was an overwhelming response um so my route is in part it's less um determined by like where do i think people are living in plato's cave around trans issues and more about where are the trans people that want the love that i have to give Hmm. um so and i and i have found that that is in a lot of places that are struggling right now you know where trans people are really struggling um so i'm you know the beauty of having a support vehicle is i can be a little flexible in the route like if i am you know i can take a day off and drive somewhere um to go visit someone most recently i we drove very far north to albuquerque to visit my old uh high school teacher um and that was really lovely and that's just not something you could do on something like a through hike um so yeah And I think that a huge part of this run is also education. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself am an educator, and I think that part of why there's so much, like all of the fear pretty much is born out of ignorance because we fear what we don't understand. And so I figured if I can run through these places where there is a lot of ignorance around trans people, there is a lot of fear, well, then this is an opportunity to share information, you know, about trans people. And it's an opportunity to show up as a trans person who, you know, you know, we can, I, I don't love this, but I think it gives people sort of a way of understanding, like, you know, like, fun, you know, lovable, like trans Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> usually when I say I'm running across the country, that's the first thing people say, like, oh, like Forrest Gump. It's like, look at the narrative of Forrest Gump. People love that movie. People love him as a protagonist. You know, I would like to think I'm not like giving Forrest Gump vibes, but I, I want to give the vibes of like, hey, you know, trans people belong here too. Like we're just like you, you know, I'm here with my dogs, with my friend, you know, I like to run like this. This is an American sports story. Like we love, we love our sports in America. Like this is an inspiring American sports story of like all American boy born and raised running across, you know, fulfilling the childhood dream of running across America and all the adventures that he has along the way. Like that's the story of this run. 
that's the story the documentary is going to tell. And that's the story that I think people can connect with, even just like, you know, in terms of like masculinity, I know that a lot of, you know, male people or cisgender, cisgender men don't usually, you know, accept me for my masculinity by looking at me, but then I tell them what I can do mm-hmm. and they shut up really fast. When <laughs> I say I've walked across the country three times and I'm running across the country once, they shut up damn quick. They're like, oh yeah, no, we respect you. Like we respect, that's like hardcore, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think it sucks that we have to show up in these places. Um, and prove to people that we not only exist, but that we have a lot of beautiful gifts to offer the world. But I think that that's, you know, lack of exposure is definitely a problem. And I feel strongly that this run has the potential to connect people, educate people, inform people and inspire them. Um, And the places that I picked to run through are definitely in need of that. Welcome to our pocket snack ad break. Now is the time during the show, during your hike, during your adventure, to reach into that hip belt pocket, to reach into that gear pouch and treat yourself. Get yourself a nice little snack as we go through a bit of our quote unquote ad. Can it be an ad if we're mostly talking about our own company? Don't know. That's uh, that's for better minds than ourselves. So welcome to the pocket snack ad break. Um, sit down, walk, do what you will, but make sure to grab that snack as you listen in. So we wanted to talk about Eleven Skies. Eleven Skies is the company that we formed two years ago and we are hyper-focused in creating shorts and pants for the outdoors person, the hiker, the backpacker, the rafter, the bicyclist, anything and everything. Built a product that will last for any adventure ahead and it's also born, the very name is born from the Eleven National Scenic Trails so you can be proud to be representing promoting and bringing about awareness to the 11 National Scenic Trails and the very trails that gave us our name and continue to inspire us. So make sure to follow along with us at 11 Skies on Instagram, Facebook, and make sure to go check out our website, 11skies.com, spelled 11skys.com, where you can learn all about us and you can get yourself some gear today. So that's the quick pocket snack ad break. Hope you enjoyed your snack. If you're still chewing, keep on keeping on. Let's get back into the show. You say you're a teacher, Cal, and my, my thought needs to be you need to become a psychologist. Because you, you can, <laughs> it's shown that you have this deep level of understanding either by brain chemistry or just growth as an individual that, yeah, the fear that, yeah. The, the fear that these communities have or the fear that these places have, a lot of the time fear just comes from, like you said, lack of understanding. And the yeah. fact that you're not trying to shift that fear but instead just spread love and through the love the awareness comes it it's a very very healthy way to yeah just go about spreading love um so yeah you should be a psychologist cal thank you no but i i think you know so much this is another thing that i think is important is like so much of the rhetoric around anti-trans legislation and just trans people in general is about how it's really complicated. People are like, this is so complicated. I don't get it. I don't get the pronouns. I don't get the identities. I don't get the bills. I don't get blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to feel, you know, helpless, hopeless, resistant. But the message that I want to carry is that this is not complicated at all. It's Mm -hmm. actually much more simple than we think. And, you know, to your point of just like really breaking it down to, you know, the building blocks in, in the way that our brains work, 
it's really simple. It gets to those, you know, conversations about values. There's no reason that any of this has to be scary. Mm -hmm. Any new person that we meet, no matter who they are, we don't know them, you know, and so we get to know them. And how do we get to know them? We ask good faith questions from a place of love. We don't get to know people very easily by, you know, being mean or being presumptuous or projecting onto them our own ideas. We get to know people by asking questions. That's what you do when you meet a new friend. That's what you do when you go on a first date. And so there's no reason that any of this has to be scary. It's like, let let trans kids be kids, just like any other kids. You know, trans women are women. That's easy to remember. Like, you know, trans people are normal people and we're not scary. We're not complicated. You can, you know, if someone tells you, if you say, hey, what's your name? And they tell you, you call them by their name. If they, you know, refer to themselves using um, a certain set of pronouns, then you would also refer to them by those pronouns. Or if you didn't know, then you would ask. And that's pretty simple stuff. And so I think that when we really just break it down to like, you know, I am a trans athlete, I'm running across America, you know, people can really tap into that story and the inspiration of it. And how, you know, I put my heart and my body on the line out here every day, like, people respect that then you can really see like oh i guess trans people are just people it sounds silly it sounds crazy that we have to say that like like with the bathroom bills it's like trans people just want to pee in peace like you know it's really so simple and therefore doesn't have to be scary at all like like you said it's treating a person like a person no matter who that person is no matter whatever that definition is and it's just like you said, it, it boils down to everybody has wants, needs, and desires out of life. And they're infinitely yeah. as possible just as the amount of people in the world. Like, everybody is unique, and everybody has those unique wants, needs, desires for their happiest life. And it's just everybody has a different journey to find their joy that makes them happy in life. And it that journey is going to take yeah. thousands of different ways because it's individual. So it's just about learning that – Everybody's the same. Everybody wants something in life. Everybody needs something in life. Everybody desires something in life. And when you boil it yeah. down, like you said, people are people. People yeah. function on a people <laughs> level. It's just, yeah, like you said, it's not complicated. <laughs> yeah. Like trans people want to be themselves. Gay people want to love who they love. And it's, I think that, and nobody is trying to like, push anything either it's like no one's asking you to go buy a trans flag it's just about respect and tolerance and that's really all we need yeah i'm so again this question may i don't know i'm gonna just ask it and see where you take it (laughs) i'm 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 not i'm not gonna put any context in it so this is just where my brain's going is this is something where you find your truest joy you're loving the running across America, you're loving spreading this love and spreading this journey. But again, a reality of the situation is, from my perception, looking in, mm-hmm. it's this love, but there also can be this weight. So there, there can be the weight of carrying this goal on your shoulders, like, yeah. because it's a, ma- it's a massive goal. So like, you're mm-hmm. carrying, spreading this awareness through these battleground states, you're carrying this in the daily having to run 20, 30, 40, 50 miles. So like, is it, yeah. a, is it a weight that you're finding is lessening along the journey? I, I'm going to stop rambling. I, is, <laughs> is it, is it a weight to you? And if so, is it a weight that you're finding that's lifting you up? So yeah, I guess that's my question. Yeah. 
No, I, I so appreciate that. And it is something that I think about a lot. I have immense privilege as a trans person, as a white trans person, as a trans masculine person, and as an able-bodied, athletic, strong person who has access to gender-affirming health care, who can participate in the sport, in a sport in a way that feels good in my body. And that is just not the experience of the vast majority of trans people. And I've always felt that with privilege comes responsibility. Mm. So I feel that it is my responsibility not to speak for trans people, not to be a leader or anything like that, but to offer myself to be of service to this community and to anyone else who wants to learn, allies, anyone, to be of service and offer of myself um, the best that I have to offer to, you know, uplift trans narratives that don't often um, get shared, to fund, use my platform to fundraise for groups that are on the ground fighting this stuff day in and day out. Um, I can be visible as a trans person with a lot less liability than a trans feminine person or a trans person of color. Um, and I am also just willing to do that and I am willing to put my body on the line for this I feel so strongly that this impacts everyone this is a this is not just a trans issue I mean less than one percent of the American public identifies as transgender so why should anybody care is the real question and it's because this isn't about trans people trans people are being are the contemporary scapegoat to keep people afraid so they're easier to control and manipulate and that will impact all of our freedoms. You know, if one group's bodily autonomy is being challenged, that opens a whole Pandora's box to all of our bodily autonomy being challenged. You know, uh, we see that with the struggle for reproductive rights. We see that, you know, with a lot of like women's issues and cisgender women are already being impacted by these anti-trans bills, you know, um, cis men are already being impacted. It's like, this impacts all of this undermines the integrity of all of our rights and freedoms because these are human rights issues. Um, so yeah, I do feel, um, a lot of responsibility, but that doesn't, that doesn't translate to like a weight or like a fear. It just means that I take my job very seriously. Um, I don't speak for all trans people. I don't represent all trans people, you know, an example is that I'm an educator and I love to answer people's questions, but a lot of trans people don't want to be in the spotlight. They don't want the responsibility of having to answer people's questions. I'm happy to do that. I have the capacity. I have the resources. I'm highly educated and I feel that I, I want to pay that forward to make a better world for all of younger trans people who are growing up with this. I, I felt that as a teacher, like the, the responsibility that I feel as a trans athlete running across America is no less than the responsibility that I felt coming into work every single day as a teacher, mm -hmm. a responsibility to, um, you know, stand up and do the right thing for, for all people. I, I think you put it very eloquently when you said with privilege comes responsibility and like privilege has, mm -hmm. again, that infinite definition, but no matter how you, that privilege is defined, if you do have a sense of privilege, a portion of privilege. Yes, you are responsible to build people up around you and kind of grow yes. the people that may not have that same amount of privilege. So you put it very eloquently. 
And I guess I guess weight wasn't the best definition of what I was looking for. So I guess more specifically, what I'm trying to ask here is on a long distance pursuit, that 20, 30, 40, 50 miles, whatever you're running each day, you have to be exhausted by the end of the day. You may you may just be incredibly strong and you're just I don't know, just just got energy out the wazoo. But like you have to be exhausted by the end of that day. So I guess what I'm asking is what do you tap into the, for that fuel is is the fuel yes. to continue uh that is the fuel coming from that responsibility is the fuel coming from that awareness or is there something that you're tapping into at the end of a long day that continues to fuel you to run the next day but also increase the awareness and continue spreading this message yes absolutely i mean that's exactly right every day i do Um, remind myself of why I'm doing this and who I'm doing this for and how important it is. And that definitely compels me to keep going. I mean, as I said before, I don't know, I like don't ever get tired of running. So (laughs) I haven't yet had a day where I'm like, damn, I don't want to do this, but I got to do it for the trans kids. (laughs) Like I'm always like, shoot, my body's really tired and really sore, but what a what a beautiful day to be alive. We've been really you know, fortunate with the weather too. And it's spring and the wildflowers are blooming. So no matter how broken and tired and sore my body is, I'm always excited to get up and go out and run. And I do, but it's really hard to juggle full time running and also all of the advocacy work, yep. which is why I'm, you know, for sustainability purposes, usually after maybe six or seven days, I'll take a full day off for my body, my mind, my spirit. And during that time, I am just, you know, cooped up in a hotel doing work on my laptop, answering emails, setting up Zoom meetings. I, I will literally be running and answering emails on my phone day to day. I mean, it's kind of bananas, but that is, it is the energy of the movement that sustains me. It's the energy of how um, urgent this work is. I mean, there are bills being passed left and right. I can't even keep track of them. Um, And this is so urgent. Um, It's such urgent work. And it's also just very um, disheartening a lot of the time and depressing. And I know a lot of fellow athletes and activists that um, just, it's a lot of, it's like death by a thousand cuts to your spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that, you know, when I'm running, that is energizing and I want to carry the messages of joy and love to all of my fellow trans people that are just like constantly reading the news. And it just like, this onslaught, this perpetual barrage of hatred towards trans people. I I really want to be a beacon of light and joy through all of that difficulty and darkness. Um, And I feel, and it's real. Like, I really do feel that way. It's not like me being like, come on, just be happy. It's like, I really do believe in this. And I really do believe in trans people. We've always existed. We will continue to exist. Um, and I just, yeah, I have an infinite well for this fight and I will continue fighting. And nice. yeah, I, I love this work. Well, so this is where I love focusing is more of the kind of thought process. But I guess I would also be remiss if I didn't ask, yeah, the athletic portion of how your physical body is holding up. And I, I want to get deeper into the continuation of the run and the end goal here. But before we get there, I, I'm just really curious with the physical demand of running. I, I guess I didn't even ask you, how, how many miles are you running per day? 
I'm doing between 25 and 30. Okay. On the day. So yeah, the physical demands of running that dis doing over a marathon every day, pretty much. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're you're a month in. How are you fueling yourself? Not the emotional and kind of thought fuel, but how are you fueling mm-hmm. yourself? to continue reaching into the physical threshold to continue this journey? Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say from anyone coming from like the backpacker frame of reference is that not having that pack on your back is incredibly liberating. As I mentioned, (laughs) every day is a slack pack. So, I mean, I do feel very privileged that I have a lifetime of distance running under my belt. I have several years of ultra marathon competition uh, and collegiate athletics athletics under my belt and I'm also a coach so I have decades like you know almost two decades of very finely tuning tuning my connection to my body so I know my body very well the beauty of doing something like this too and having a support vehicle is like the second that I feel any semblance of pain or injury I just stop Mm -hmm. it's not worth it I am not trying to muscle my way through this you can't You will get injured. It will sabotage it. And this run is way too important to, you know, be an idiot in that way. Mm -hmm. So um, I am running a lot. I'm running on concrete, which is a very, you know, running itself, especially on concrete, is very high impact for the joints. There is a high risk Mm -hmm. of injury. And I'm aware of that. So I'm just being really careful to, you know, nourish my body with the right food, getting enough protein, having nutritional supplements, electrolytes. Um, taking breaks when I want. It's also like, if you think about it, you could, if you're, you know, even running like 10 minute miles, it would, you could run a marathon in like five hours, you know? So it's like, what do I do the rest of the day? I'm, I love my breaks, especially it's going to become important as, you know, the hotter months in, you know, summer in Texas and the South, it's going to get brutal. So Mm. Usually I'll like break my day up into three chunks where it's like I'll do 10 miles in the morning and then I'll just take like two hours for lunch. I'll eat, I'll let it digest uh, or like I'll have a snack and then I'll do another 10 miles and then have lunch and then do another 10 miles and have dinner. And it just, you know, the time really flies by. It's it's easy to crank out those miles when you're breaking it up into smaller sections and that feels like it's giving my body a lot of time to rest and recover. Okay, so you're building the pace to be sustainable. Again, again, it might be the question might have been just because of my lack of knowledge, because I've never pursued something like that of consistently mm-hmm. doing marathons. Because hi- hiking, like you said, lower lower impact, and you can walk for twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hours. But yeah. I, I was I was just curious because yeah, more of a high impact sport, and in, at least in my perception, it seems like running eat not eats into the body, but choose through calories quicker choose through like the muscles quicker and like just mm-hmm. works through the body more intensely so it, it sounds like you're just finding a sustainable way to continue forward that you're finding with your physical aspect as well as mental aspect of just the the goals continuing forward and just finding that sustainability yes yeah and every day is a new day you know sometimes i'll do more miles sort of like all at once sometimes I'll take all day to do the miles and just like run five miles and then just have a snack and hang out and then do another five and so it's just really listening to what my body needs Mm. on any given day Um, and I'm not on a time table exactly I'm really trying to enjoy my time out here in the most you know 
financially sustainable way. Uh, we are a pretty low budget operation <laughs> out here, but we're we're having fun, you know, like taking time to go visit friends, and that um, that's really what it's about as well. Is just yeah, having fun, building community. If you're not having fun, what's the point? Yeah, and, and how many miles do you have left on the journey? About so I'm about. Almost a thousand miles in after this week. I'll, in a week, I'll be a thousand miles in, and I'll have about seventeen hundred after that. So okay. I'm about I'm like a, about a quarter of the way through, I think. Okay, so I asked that question because it leads into another one because a lot can change in yeah ten miles, let alone seventeen hundred. But I guess what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm asking here is I know you speak, uh, um, picked Tallahassee, Florida as the endpoint for a reason that I, I hope that you can unpack on the show. Um, but also, yeah. also the question here tied into that is: there's that endpoint in Florida, Tallahassee, but is there uh, is there the goal along the journey of what you hope to see when you're spreading this love? Like, I know it can change day to day, week to week as you continue to pick up this momentum. But that goal is Tallahassee. But along the way, is there a more specific goal that you're hoping to achieve each day, each week, each month, something along those lines? Yeah, definitely fundraising as much as possible for um, the local groups, Um, you know, having as much visibility for the run as possible. There's there's just sort of like a constant urgent, you know, need for action um, with a lot of the legislation and so forth. And so, um, you know, trying to do a lot of advocacy work along the way. I'm also working with the National Center for Transgender Equality, which is sort of the main um, group, not, you know, national organization that is tracking the legislation across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing various campaigns with them, most recently, um, you know, the Let Us Play campaign, um, which I'm hopping on board with a bunch of uh, trans athletes and allies and organizations um, that centers around making sure that all trans and intersex youth are um, able to compete in the sports of their choosing and protected in doing so. Um, so there's a lot of initiatives along the way, a lot of fundraisers along the way, um, events. My next event will be in Abilene, Texas, with the Abilene Pride Alliance, which is a really awesome organization. Um, yeah, so I think it's I can see the growth and I can see the changes and the work happening and the magic happening mm-hmm. along the route. And, and it is touching people's lives along the way. And I just hope that, you know, kind of like Forrest Gump, you just get a crowd behind you that is also excited and like cares about this stuff. Because I remember last time we chatted, you were focused on the Trevor Project and that was kind of where all the fundraising got fueled into when you were doing the Triple Crown. Is that still part of the fundraising? You said you're working with the National Association. Is that kind of the, I guess, umbrella where the fundraising goes to or is it very specific for the next event, next town, next something like, so if somebody yes. wanted to support it, are they supporting that specific, I don't know the exact town name you said, Albion, maybe? Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah, Abilene. Yeah, yeah. so unlike what, uh, unlike my um, last, you know, for my Triple Crown doing one big fundraiser, I am doing it differently this time where I'm doing several smaller fundraisers for grassroots groups along the way um, that are really locally based. 
Um, and the reason that I decided to do that is because I wanted to make sure that the attention, the resources, you know, from the fundraising, but also in the documentary are really uplifting the narratives of these people. Um, with the national organization, there's a lot, it's not as personal. Um, and, you know, it's harder to get in touch with the people that it impacts and that they help. But, you know, most recently I ran through, a couple weeks ago, I ran through Phoenix and we worked with Equality Arizona that provides resources for the local LGBTQ community and is doing a lot of lobbying in the state legislature to stop the explicitly anti-trans bills that are being voted on. And I got to talk to the people who work there, interview them for the documentary, interview the people that they serve. I was able to, you know, sort of through these grassroots channels, find the various organizations um, and people that are um, being supportive places for trans people. And that led me to a local coffee shop that hosts like a trans community group. So we got to go and hang out with all of them and interview them. And I mean, that's really, we built so much community and we had so much fun. And that's really at the heart of this run. Okay. So you're, you're basing it more on like, not individualistic, but more the community of where you're going through. It's not, it's not the big mm -hmm. umbrella of Trevor. So, yes. okay. So people exactly. that continue to want to support the fundraising efforts, it seems like it shifts from town to town, state to state. So they just need to stay Correct. tied into kind of the social media accounts that you have. Yes, exactly. Okay. We have several channels to stay in touch. Okay, when we wrap up the show, we'll, we'll put those in there as well. But I, I want to go back to the Tallahassee. So I, I, wa yes. I want you, in your words, to describe the importance of that end point. Because, like, every journey has to have an end, right? But you got to, yep. pick, you got to pick this end because you created the route. So the importance of Tallahassee, yeah, can you please un unpack that? Absolutely. I knew that I wanted to end in Tallahassee because, as we know, Florida, next to Texas, is those two states are kind of the epicenter of the anti-trans legislation. Um, Florida has some of the most dangerous bills for trans people and queer people. It's the home of the Don't Say Gay bill, which is just really an assault on First Amendment freedom of speech and it's just really crazy to witness what's happening in that state right now and how unchecked all of the um you know how unchecked all of the um, legislation is that is just very deliberately and directly um undermining basic freedoms for not just trans people but for all lgbtq people and allies um, you know, criminalizing parents for supporting their trans kids, things like that. It's just really crazy stuff. I mean, Florida um, was the state that um, tried to pass, like, genital inspections of children. It's like, you want to talk about child abuse, that sounds like that's child abuse, you yeah. know what I mean? And so just really terrible stuff. Um, so I wanted this big run to end with a big statement, a really big, uh, impactful um conclusion where we end up sort of the original home of anti-trans legislation itself and some of the worst bills in the country for the lgbtq community and tallahassee is the capital of florida and we're gonna go there and we're gonna let people know that you know this is not okay we trans people are people trans people deserve rights this has to stop now mm -hmm. let us play let trans kids play you know let trans people just live their lives 
and I hope that that will raise national consciousness around this because it's not just Florida. Okay, so you're focusing, I don't want to use the word the epicenter, but you're focusing at, at, focusing at kind of the heart of the, I guess, states? Is, does that make, is, is that fair? Yes. Thing? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess more specifically, the endpoint is Tallahassee. I, I guess a question I have is, are you touching the, I don't know, government governmental building at the Capitol? Are you ending when your hand's placed upon those steps? Are you, is there a specific place in Tallahassee yeah. that, that you're finishing? Like, is there a moment? Yeah. yeah, definitely the Capitol. The state, the Florida State Capitol is where the big, like, ending ceremony is going to be. And then I'm going to kind of just take, like, a cool down lap to go, <laughs> probably to, like, Jacksonville to touch the ocean. Because I got to end at the Atlantic Ocean. So I know that I want to like end and touch the ocean because I started by touching the Pacific Ocean, and I gotta gotta get both sides. But um, sort of the big ending ceremony is gonna be at the Tallahassee State Capitol. Cool, a cool down lap. I don't know how far that is, but I'm assuming it's like fifty <laughs> it's or a like hundred. Oh, 700. <laughs> I thought it was like 100. My geography is terrible. Wow. Nice cool, <laughs> nice cool down lap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Cal, I know you're going back out running and we're going above that hour time. We, we could be chatting all day, but I, re- I really enjoy the depths we got into on this. And I, I usually try to wrap it up with a specific question, but specifically with this here, I guess the question I'm going to try to wrap it up with is, is there something I didn't touch on that you wanted me to touch on? Because we took the conversation in so many directions and we focused a lot on the kind of journey spiritually, mentally, and just like finding your love and finding your passion and like being that person that you want to be but I guess guess Mm -hmm. what I'm asking with that is is there a thought line a tangent a question that is important to you that I wasn't asking in this one no I think we covered so much ground I mean the thing that I would just want listeners to know is that you know what is happening to trans people is that impacts all of us and there's a lot that we can all do to support trans people, you know, in your community and across the country. Um, currently, there's a 30-day comment period open um, on a revision that the Biden administration published on the Title IX ruling, which, if folks aren't familiar, um, is one of the rulings that prevents, you know, gender and sex-based discrimination. And this revision would explicitly protect trans and intersex kids in sports and so there's a 30-day commenting period to just really let people you know let the government know that you know we need comprehensive protections for trans and intersex youth um, in sports and people can send that send those comments um at letusplay.team which is t-e-a-m so letusplay.team and it could not be easier it takes 30 seconds and that's just like a very simple way that people can support um specifically trans athletes because i know probably a lot of the the listeners are like people in the outdoors people who love to move their bodies through various activities um and so yeah that would be a great way to support your fellow fellow community members perfect i will link that in the show notes and this is pure, purely a tangent on my part. <laughs> I mean, it's the flavor of the show, I guess. It, it, what was your dog's name? Was it Tucker by chance? Truman. Tr- so close. Truman. Is Truman running with you? He is. He's not <laughs> doing all of it with me, but he is doing most of it with me. And I meant, I meant to mention during uh, your question about safety that he is actually 
a big part of my safety plan because I get those scary dog privileges when I'm running with him and like nobody messes with me when I have him. Um, so I definitely will be running with him a good bit in Texas. <laughs> you both are champs. You running and then Thank also you. Truman running. Like, <laughs> yes. that's, that's oh awesome. Oh my gosh, he's, in, he's amazing. He can do. <laughs> he can awesome. do anything. So, yeah, perfect. I couldn't do it without him, honestly. Oh, man, perfect. So, Cal, I'm going to give the show over to you. You said letusplay.team. I'll include that in the show notes. But also, can where can people learn more, get involved, stay up to date with your fundraisers, and just, yeah, get more involved with you and this awesome journey you're on? Yes, thank you. Well, my website has sort of the one-stop shop for everything, and it's super easy to remember. It is literally just caldobbs.com. C-A-L-D-O-B-B-S dot com. Um, my Instagram is Cal underscore hikes, like hiking, H-I-K-E-S. Um, yeah, I have a Patreon for more exclusive content and if people want to support the run and pretty much everything can be found through all of those avenues and I'm pretty accessible. So I would encourage people, if you have any questions, just like send me a DM on Instagram. I will most, I will hundred percent reply to you. Um, I would love to hear from you. This run is without building community. So don't hesitate to reach out. Perfect. I will link all of that in the show notes and Cal, I love chatting with you. It's always, it's always a pleasure. You're, you're yes, just a- you too. So much fun. Well, that'll do it for this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever player you use and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the show. This podcast is brought to you by Eleven Skies, gear that will change with you, not for you. So give us a check out at elevenskies.com. And that's the show. See you next week.